is a really... Well, today we have a right now word for you. And people ask, well, where do you get these messages from? Well, I just go around life and I might hear something. The Lord prompts it in my spirit to teach on that. And so today we're going to talk about something that we all deal with, our emotions. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to title this, Are You Mature Yet or Help Me? My Emotions Are Showing. Amen. So a lot of times our emotions will, will betray us. You know, we know what the right thing to do, but our emotions, our anger, our frustration come out, and it just shows in a way, and you go like, where did that come from? Can anybody relate to that? Let's pray before we get started in this, okay? Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is true. It'll match what's in our heart, and we'll be able to do those things that you've called us to do. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk about truth or consequences, meaning you have to do the truth. We're acting on the word of God. You know, you all are actors. You're acting on the word of God. You're doing what the Lord has told you to do. People ask me all the time, did you want to be an actor? I said, no, no, a thousand times no. <laughs> but sometimes we'll say stuff that's out of character. You'll say stuff and you go, oops, can I not say that? But you've heard the phrase, you can't unscramble eggs. You've said it. It's out there. What are you going to do with it now? You know, this happens with uh, uh, husbands and wives. You know, happens with parents and children. You say stuff, and you say, oh, and the next day, you say, I really didn't mean that. Well, you said it. <laughs> the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you, it was down there, and it came out. So you can't unscramble eggs, but guess what? You can make egg souffle out of it. You can take what you said and talk about it and work it through. And that's what, you know, marriage is all about, husbands and wives. Even though you hurt one another, you still have to come back and reconcile with each other, love each other through it, even though you said things that were hurtful. Can I get an amen out there? Is anybody listening to me on that? Praise God. Because, you know, the people that you love the most, you hurt the most. You know how to just touch them the wrong way. One comedian said, I found the answer to having a long-lasting marriage. Just marry somebody that you don't really love, so when they get upset at you, it doesn't really bother you anymore. <laughs> but that's not practical, is it? No, it's not practical. So I, I was talking to a person this week, and they said, you know, I was re reminding them of something they did a while back, and they said, oh, yeah, that's, I was immature then. But has, have you ever looked back on your life and you've done things to people that you're think, thinking now, I could have handled it a better way. I could have said it a different way. I didn't have to get so upset at somebody. Is that true? So that's the amazing thing about Jesus. He never said stuff that he had to bring back and say, oh, I didn't really mean that. I was just being, out of, I was just being frustrated or disappointed. But he had emotions just like us. But he used his emotions of love and compassion to reach out to others. That's what we have to do, and we have to not do what our heart is, what our emotions are dictating to us to do. So we're going to start out, we're going to read a scripture in a minute here, but we're going to start off with a little game called Truth or Consequences, okay? And so I asked my lovely couple here on the front row to come, and they don't know the questions, but uh, we're going to play a little game. Vanessa, you can step, stand on that blue line, and... Uh, Don, you can stand on that blue line. 
Truth or consequences? Let me put this down a little bit. Let me break it. Oh, no. Okay. So now, this is a friendly game, okay? This is not family feud, okay? I don't want to have counseling session after this. I know how competitive you are. Okay. Uh, well, it's okay. Uh, so I'm going to read the question. Then I want you to gently touch the podium. Okay. And the first one to touch it, and you guys be the judge, we'll ask them if they know the answer. Now, these are tough questions. All right, you ready? Let's see here. Okay, question number one. You're on your job, and an employee tells you that she doesn't like you, and she's not going to help you with any more of your projects because you're just not her cup of tea. So, response would be, number one, respect her wishes and don't talk to her anymore. Try to figure out how to get back at her. Tell people that she knows how mean she is. Or, buy her a gift that you would think she would like. Ty. The lady would have to go first. Okay. Respect her wishes and talk to her. Especially if your answer? Four. Four. Buy her a gift that you think she would like. Now that's, I mean, either way is okay, but Proverbs 21.14 says, a gift in secret pacifies anger. Isn't that, try it sometime. When you see somebody that's giving you a hard time, ask the Lord, what can I give this person? And that will pacify her hostility. Okay, so one point for Don. Question number two. You're at your favorite store, and a new employee questions, why are you returning a dress and wants your ID? <laughs> One, tell the manager you're not shopping here anymore because of her. Tell the employee she's rude and not professional, and you'll pray for her, though. Number three, throw the dress on the counter and tell her she can just keep her old dress. Or, fall, or four, Follow her directions and ask how she likes her new job. Done. Four, follow her directions and ask how she likes her new job. According to Romans 12, 18, it says, As much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. As much as life in you. Some people say, well, there's not much lying in me. Well, no, you have to have the love of God on the inside of you. Okay, we got two for Don. He's doing good. I told you these were tough questions. Okay. Here, here's the toughest one. Question number three. One of your family members is strung out on drugs and keeps falling into her bad habit. She needs a ride to the market. What do you do? Number one, you tell her that she needs to learn how to be more responsible. Two, you go over all the times that she's messed up these last few years. Three, you point out that she has a problem and needs to get some kind of a rehab program going on. Or, four, you tell her how much... Je you can't do it yet? No, no. I got to read the whole thing. You tell her how much Jesus loves her and you love her too and give her a ride. All right, okay. She, she jumped in there, okay. Yeah, I definitely would be number two. Number two. Else, sorry, number four. Number four. <laughs> yeah, you, you got it down now, right? 
you tell her how much Jesus loves her, and you love her too, and give her a ride. Because I'm sure people have told her that she needs to go to rehab. I'm sure people have told her she needs to get her life straight. But you would be the different one because they will know that we are his disciples because of our love. So you finally got the idea. So you know what? I'm going to give both of you a prize to Panera's. And uh, this way you can take your lovely wife and teach her about some of these questions, okay? <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Well, that was fun. How many of you got them all right? Let's see. Yeah? Uh, okay. How many of you missed some? Yeah, okay. I see that. Okay. Because our natural reaction is to fight back or to correct or lecture, right? But we have to have the love of God. Now, see, our emotions can get the better of us. Our emotions can make you do things that you, didn't, that you know is not in the Bible. Now, we have a guy in the Bible, Moses. He was supposed to be the meekest and most humblest man in all the earth. And he did really good for a long time. He was bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he was taking them through the wilderness. But finally, his emotions got the best of him. Margaret's going to come and read to us just what happened. This is Margaret Moses. <laughs> okay. Well, good morning, congregation. Now, if we look in our Bible, we are going to the book of Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, chapter 20, verse 1 through 12. Now, there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron, and the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought us up, the assembly of the Lord, into this wilderness, that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod. You and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield water. Thus, you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. 
Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. May God bless the reading of his word and give us understanding. Amen. Thank you. That's Margaret, our children's church teacher. Praise God. So Moses, as good as he was, and as the promise was that he was going to take the children out of, the, out of Egypt into the promised land, he messed up because of his emotions. He got angry. Let's look at it in Psalms 106, verse 32 and 33. It says, they angered him ugh, at the waters of strife so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes because they provoked his spirit. So they spoke, he spoke unadvisedly with his lips. In other words, he said the wrong thing. He let his anger get the best of him. Have you ever let your anger get the best of you? Can I, is there anybody out there or am I just like me, me, myself, and only I? You know, at the first church, not at this church, but at the first church, when I would visit people on their job sometimes, and they would be, you know, upset and talking bad, and then I would show up and they'd turn, oh, pastor, oh, hi. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. I caught him in the act, Amen. But guess what? The Lord is always watching us, always watching to see what we're doing. So here's where Moses missed it. The first thing he did was right. When they were complaining, he went to the Lord and prayed to the Lord. Say, Lord, these people, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. They're asking for water. That's the first thing that you do when people complain to you. You go to the Lord and ask him what to do. But here's where he missed it. You ready? Three things. One, he came out of character and chastised the people of Israel. He said, you rebels, that's not his place to talk like that. You know, he needed to do that questionnaire I had. He needed to love the people, right? He called them rebels, like, like he was in charge, like, like he was judging them. The second thing he did wrong was he struck the rock twice. He wasn't supposed to strike it. He was supposed to speak to it, right? But he struck it, and he said, must I, must we uh, deliver water unto you like he's in charge, like he could do it? No, he didn't hallow the Lord. He didn't give the Lord honor to his name. And, and you say, well, why was God so hard on him and kept him out of the promised land? I'll tell you why. Because God had something set up as a type and shadow. The rock was Christ being crucified. And you only crucify him once. Then after that, you just look upon him for forgiveness of sins. You don't have to crucify the Lord again. And so when he struck it twice, God's saying, you know what? I had this all figured out. I was going to relay it in the New Testament, how you just look upon the rock. You don't have to strike it again. But Moses, you messed up. And you say, why was God so hard on him? Well, the Bible says in James, if you're a teacher, you come under more judgment than others. It's kind of like your mom said, you know, uh, mom, so-and-so is doing this. And they said, I don't care about so-and-so. I'm caring about you and what you're doing. Praise God. So the Lord was setting something up. And I've had the Lord speak kind of sternly to me before when I was going to go uh, uh, be at a church, you know, be, become a church member. 
And I, I went to this, I said, Lord, just show me a church that you want me to go to. You know, the Lord wants to direct you to the church you're supposed to be at, depending on your talents and your gifts. So he sent me to a church, and oh, it was so beautiful. I loved it. Pastor Gary was there. He was the head usher, and he just gave me a big hug. And I said, oh, man, what kind of church is this? And, and so, you know, guys hugging guys. I didn't know what, what was happening there. Uh, you know, in, in the world, guys don't hug guys. You know, now probably more so, but... At that time, I said, uh, okay, and it felt like home. The word was good. The music was good. I said, this is a beautiful church. But I went away for about four weeks. I did my own thing and tried to make it on my own. I started slipping into sin or almost sinning. I said, I need to get back to church. Have you ever noticed that when you miss church? that you kind of lose a little of your spirituality. You kind of lose a little bit more of your, your, your zest for the Lord. So anyway, I came back. Well, first I said, Lord, I'm going to go to church, but let me look around a little bit. And you know what? The Lord, the Lord in my spirit, very sternly and strongly, you asked me for a church. I sent you to a church. What do you need to look around for? I went, oh, okay. No problem. Whatever you say. And, and the reason being is because he taught me how to overcome financial debt in my own life, and then also I worked for a clinic in Huntington Beach, and we got out of debt, $130,000 in debt in one year. So God was teaching me how to believe him for finances. What I didn't know is the church that I was going to, as good as it was, they were $120,000 in debt. And he said, I need you to go there. He didn't tell me that, but just as I look back. I need you to go there. I prepared you for this, so now I need you to go there. So I started in children's church, and then I, you know, begged God to work in the ministry. He put me in the ministry over the finances, and I looked at the books, and I went like, oh my God, $120,000 in debt. I didn't ask for this, but he had prepared me. So if I didn't go, I would have messed up his plans. He had me, you know, positioned for that. He has you positioned here to do some things for the Lord, taking your gifts and your talents. You know, we kind of have like an acting department now, a theater department. We've got a director over here. We've got a professional actor over here. We've got semi-professional actors and writers over here. We, you know, we've got Jesus in the sound booth. I mean, come on. <laughs> we got things happening. So and the amazing thing is, even though Moses didn't do the right thing, God still brought the water out of the rock. And it shows us that we can be imperfect, but God still wants to use us to bless his people. And he didn't stop talking to Moses. He still directed him for many, many years afterwards. So even if you mess up, just repent and ask the Lord to forgive you and move on. But thank God we have Jesus now and the mediator for us and the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. So if we're going to mess up, you'll get a check in your spirit just like I did. Oh, no, no, don't, don't be wandering around. Don't be just thinking that you can do things on your own. Get with the plan that God has for you and watch him prosper you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Michael said to me, he's, he enjoys coming to the church because he feels the spirit here. He feels direction and things that God is doing in his life is being uh, you know, manifested because of the teachings that are going forth. So God is working with us. Praise God. Amen. So um, let's look at, uh, so, so Moses, he gets the word, he can't go into the promised land. You think that was disappointing to him? Here, he spent 40 years with these people, putting up with all kinds of mess. And he doesn't get to go in. I'm sure the children of Israel are saying, okay, Moses, we're going to get ready to go into the promised land. Are you ready to go? I can't go. 
I got grounded. <laughs> you ever ground your kids? They can't go anywhere? Are they happy about it? No. But Moses said, I'm going to ask the Lord. So here's what he did in, in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23 through 26. You ready? ready for this? Now Moses, he was a good negotiator, isn't he? I mean, God wanted to strike the children of Israel down, and he wanted to start with a new nation. And Moses said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're the God of all mercy. You know, you can't do that. You can't strike them down. People say you're not strong enough to bring them out, or you, you just let them out here in the wilderness to kill them. I mean, he negotiated. He knew how to negotiate. So he's negotiating on his own behalf. Look what he says here in verse 23. Then I pleaded with the Lord at that time. Oh, Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness, and your mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do anything like your works and your mighty deeds? He, what was he doing? Buttering him up. Telling him how good he is, how great he is. You, you guys know how the kids do it. Mom, you know, <laughs> I just need a favor. You know, Dad doesn't want me to do this, but Mom, you know, what do you say? Anybody, anybody can relate to that? Amen. And then if Mom don't work... Back to dad. You know, dad, <laughs> you know what mom said? She's mean, but you're not mean. Okay. Verse 25, here's this request. I prayed, let me cross over, I beg you, and see the good land beyond the Jordan, those pleasant mountains in Lebanon. I just want to see it, Lord. You talk so good about it. You told me how wonderful it is, the promised land, a land of milk and honey. He's crying out to the Lord. And what do you think the Lord said? Oh, Okay. You can come in. Nope. But the Lord, he said, was angry with me on your, on your account. <laughs> the people you gave me. The wife that you gave me. <laughs> the children you gave me. And would not listen to me. So the Lord said to me, what? Enough of that. Enough of that. Speak no more to me of this matter. That, that's pretty strong, isn't it? I've heard enough. Stop it. Stop asking me. Don't you tell your kids that? Okay, you, you, you've asked me enough. You're, you're not going. That's the way it is. You live with it. <laughs> I've not seen much amens on that one. Amen. You know, in my day, when I was growing up, if mom and dad said no, what was the answer? No. Nowadays, it's like, oh, well, you know, we have to be kind and nice to them and give them what they want. We don't want them to get mad or anything. I don't think so. Okay, <laughs> so what, one of the biggest emotions that gets us in trouble is what? Anger. Anger gets us all the time. Now, our feel, what you've got to remember is our feelings, four, four things about our feelings. You ready for this? You got this, Bindi? You ready, Bindi? Okay. <laughs> one of the feelings about our Lord is, uh, about our emotions are, they're schizophrenic. They could be good one day, and the next day, they're flying all over the place. Well, what's happening here? You know, I was doing good. Now, let's look at an example here. We have a, a, a secretary, and the, the boss was bragging about her, his secretary. Oh, she's so nice. She's so sweet. You know, she's so organized. She, she has everything under control. She's very mature, right? So they leave the office. And they go to the manager's office, and then they forgot something. They had to come back. Well, when they came back, the secretary got a call that upset her. And when they walked in, here's what they found. <laughs> what, what happened? 
She came unglued. <laughs> I got an amen over here. <laughs> see, let's go back to see her before. Oh, so sweet. Her hair's in place. Everything's just hunky-dory. But get some bad news and bam! We're... Are you like that? You know, my son says, he said, Dad, you're usually pretty calm. I, I, you know, a lot of things happen and you don't get upset. But the thing that really gets you upset is when you make a telephone call to a, um, you know, what does it call it? Not, not a telemarketer, but, you know, a service person, and they put you off, and they make you feel like you're no good. Like the other day, I was trying to get uh, a car for Marianne's mom, and they had a flat tire. So I called him up, and I said, oh, we have a flat tire. Can we, you know, bring the car in? Oh, yeah, you're going to have to bring it in because, you know, I can't handle it over the phone. I'm going like, listen, could you at least say I'm sorry that you gave me a car that had a flat tire? And I said, well, thank you very much for not helping at all. You know? <laughs> my son said, Dad, <laughs> you're never like that. What happened? I don't know. My emotions got out of hand, okay? So number two, our feelings are unfaithful to us. You know what we're supposed to do, but our emotions will betray us. We can be doing good, but all of a sudden, you just hit a limit, and you might look like this guy over here. All right? Just fit to be tied. Just come unglued, right? Unfaithful to us. And I'm gonna, we're going to show you how to overcome these things. Or a third thing is our feelings don't care about the consequences. You can't be just yelling at people. You, you can't be just yelling in their ear, being loud. There's consequences. For, you're not going to get your promotion if you like, act like that. You're not going to get your raise. You know, you might even not even have your job if you do something like that. I, I, I was watching this TV show, and this guy, he, uh, he, he went off on his boss, and he told him, you know, this company's no good. You make bad decisions. I don't know how you guys are making it. I, I'm, I quit. I'm out of here. And so he left and went to talk to his friend, and his friend said, well, just go back and tell him you were kidding. <laughs> just, so he went back the next day, and he sat in the board meeting, and he was, they said, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, I was just kidding. I was just funning with you the other day. Uh, no, you're out of here, okay? <laughs> you can't unscramble eggs. I mean, once you say it, your emotions, you have to be careful. There's consequences for that, right? And number four, our feelings lead us to make bad decisions. Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't done that. You ever quit a job and not have another job to go to? And you wonder, what was I thinking? Like this guy right here. Let's look at this guy. Oh, what was I thinking? I messed up my whole life. I should have st stuck with my job till I found another job. Till I, you know, or, or, or you go and you, you buy a car out of emotion. You know, you just say, oh, this is a nice car. It's a beautiful car. I remember my wife and I, when we went, she always wanted a Mercedes at her other church because everybody had nice cars. So we figured, oh, well, let's go get a Mercedes. And I put it off for a long time. I said, no, you know, maybe someday. Someday is not on the calendar. You know that, right? <laughs> but one day she came to me and said, let's just go look at some cars. How many of you ladies know that that's a, a ploy, right? Let's just go look. So we went and looked at a car, and there was this beautiful Mercedes. I mean, it was uh, burgundy with tan interior, and 
It was just, we rode in it. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so nice. And so she's on one side of the car. I'm on the other side of the car. And the salesman said, well, let's go in and look at the numbers. I go, yeah, right. So he started walking into the office. And my wife and I looked at us, each other at the same time. We said, there's a check in our spirit. We can't afford this car, and we'd be silly to buy it. And uh, she, uh, she, I mean, I was shocked. I mean, here she wanted to all this time, but the Lord put a check in her spirit. And I said, praise God. <laughs> so God will help you. Amen? Make right decisions. So I talked about, we're getting ready to close here, causes of anger. Do you want to know what the cause of anger is? you know what the real cause of anger is? It's not getting your own way. Just like a little baby, you know? Yeah, well, I didn't get my own way. Well, you just have to wait for the Lord to bring it up upon you in his timing. So here's some causes of anger. Ready? Number one, unpleasant past memories. You know, that reminds me of what somebody else did to, did to me, and I'm not going to let you do that to me. You, you, you're, can you relate to that? Unrealistic comparisons. You're not happy with your life. You're not happy with your looks. You're not happy with your financial status. You're comparing yourself to somebody else, and so you're angry about it. We had a, a guy at our, at our basketball, he came in and he said, that really, he, we had a play and he didn't like it. And he said, oh, that really made me mad. And I said, you came here mad. <laughs> and that just happened. <laughs> and his, his buddy said, he was born mad. You know? <laughs> Number three, unrealized expectations. Your husband says, my wife is not really what I want her to be. My wife is saying my husband's not what he's supposed to be. Praise God. It's, it's not your job to change them. It's your job to love them, and God will change them. Amen? Number four, unexpected financial pressures. That's what used to get me mad. You know, when we were raising Charles, and, and we, had, we were tight financially because she, my wife wasn't working, but she thought, well, you know, it's a second-year birthday. We need to throw a big party. You go, what? <laughs> He's not even going to remember. <laughs> Oh, no, no, we have to, so $500, you know, for a birthday party that he's not going to remember. I remembered it because it was on the balance sheet, you know, like, oh, my. <laughs> or when things break, oh, Lord, when things break, I go, oh, that's $100 right there. That's $200 right there, you know. I hadn't counted it on that. Unexpected, or unexpected financial pressure. Five, unresolved conflict. You ever have people that you just, you know, there's, you have a rift between them, and it's just not settled. I, again, my basketball, I had, I had a confrontation with this guy, and, and uh, so we could have gone into the whole dialogue of, you know, I'm sorry, you're sorry, whatever. You know, this is why I said that. This is why I said that. But for a whole week, I just prayed, Lord, just make this up right. So when we get to play, we get to, you know, tip off. I just gave him a little fist pump. He gave me the fist pump. We're cool. All right. We love you. We don't need to talk about it. Let's, it's, it's unresolved, but it's resolved in us because we're Christians. We love the Lord. Praise God. The last one on this is uncertainty of the future. You know, a lot of times we get upset because we don't know how it's, this thing's going to end. Sometimes things come our way and we get mad. Oh, you know, my plans. I don't know if it's going to work out. God can make it work out for your good. Okay? The last thing we're going to talk about is four ways to react when these things happen. One, 
Don't trust your feelings. You may feel a certain way, but don't act on it. Amen? It doesn't mean it's a right feeling. It's a feeling that you have, but don't trust it. That's not the, that, is that God's feeling? Is that God's way of dealing with it? Second, talk to the Lord about the situation. Lord, why is this happening? Just like I talked to, to the Lord about my friend. Why? I, I went back and forth with the dialogue. I could have said this. He could have said that. I said, Lord, you, you talk to me. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Ask for understanding. Why does a person act that certain way? How can I be different? And four, act on the word of God. You have to love one another. As it says in 1 Corinthians 13, love endures long and is patient and kind. Does not consider a suffered wrong. Pays no attention to uh, someone that, that is not treating you right. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Takes no account of the evil done to it. Praise God. And the last scripture, you ready for this? Same, James 1.20. For the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God. What does that mean? You want to get angry? You want to get upset? You want to take things in your own hands? God says, well, go ahead, you know. I'll just sit back and watch you mess it up. <laughs> just like with that basketball guy. I said, Lord, I want you to handle it. You, you make it right. And he did. And he'll make it right in your life. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we come together today, we can learn not to trust our emotions, but to trust the word of God, which has been given to us so that we know how to act and behave in every situation that we're facing. We ask you, Lord, to impart these truths into our heart so that we may walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing. We give you praise and glory and honor for all that you're doing in our lives. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're out there in Facebook and you say, you know what, I need to know the Lord, or I have known him in the past, but I'm not uh, receiving him now, or I'm not walking with him, let's pray this prayer of confession. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins, live in my heart, and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen.